Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Mastermind.fm, another episode about artists. Today I have with me Zar, the artist that goes by the name Zar, and we're just going to go do a deep dive into his work, so welcome to the show. Yes, hello. Nice to be here, John. Nice meeting you in New York last week too, that was, that was quite an event. So let's start from there. We met uh, at the proof, was it the, yeah, the proof event, and then I think we both had over the proof of moonbirds events and so let's start actually i met you through proof i also came to know your art through proof maybe we can start from there or maybe you want to start from a general intro about yourself and your art as you wish i think that's a good idea i think i can combine both you know I've been a professional photographer in New York for about 15 years. I maintain a studio. And then when COVID hit, I decided to add paintings to my uh, artistic repertoire, if you can say so. And that's been kind of popular. I've got a lot of good response since I started painting. And being in crypto since really 2017, last year was really the year when I decided to join my knowledge of crypto and my you know artistic abilities and that's how i came about to nfts mm -hmm. uh, it just made perfect sense because all my painting all my sketches start with a digital rendering so i don't really sketch anything on paper i do everything in a computer so it's just like i already have this thing let's let's do an nfts and you know me being a futurist I was really, I'm really excited about this technology. I'm really excited about Web3 and I'm really excited about the, the community and the, the constant exchange and of information within, the, within your collectors. Also, I love the, the rewards. So it's just very exciting for me to be part of this growing you know, ecosystem. And as far as proof goes, my brothers were way into it and they, they kind of, they kind of just turned me on to Kevin Rose. And then at some point early, early this year, I just knew I had to get a proof pass. I knew this was going to be one of the biggest, you know, brands in, in the NFT space. All right. So did you say brothers, plural? Brothers, indeed. Okay, cool. I only knew one and proof. So good to know I have another one. <laughs> I'd love to dig a bit deeper into you as an artist and personality. You mentioned that you're a futurist and you mentioned that you've worked also in multiple genres within the art space. I think it would be really interesting for the listeners and for myself to know more about how you see yourself. Sure. I mean, I've always had the minimal approach uh, for those people familiar with my work with NFTs or paintings. I've always had a minimal clean, simple approach to art and also to the way of living. I always thought like the simplicity is it's up, it's, it's the best way to be happy these days, you know, just really stick to the base, stick to, it's not really the basics, but kind of just stick to the bare minimums, you know, and, and then don't expect much from the world, but expect more from yourself. So that's been my approach for a long time. I've, I've been working as a commercial photographer for a while. So the artistic 
need for for like fine art was always there. I just never really got to paint. I, when I was in school, my teachers told me that I cannot be an artist because I couldn't draw figuratively. I couldn't really paint any faces and stuff. So when I discovered photography, I said, okay, wait, I can still do artistic stuff, <clears throat> but it's not necessarily paintings or anything. So that was my getaway to, to be able to work as an artist because that was my goal throughout life is to be able to work as an artist and support yourself as an artist so photography allowed me for that and if you go and you study a bit of my photography work you see a lot of similarities to my paintings and then to my nfts uh, some of my nfts are literally the pictures that i've taken years ago so the vision's always been there it's just started with the photography medium and then went to the paintings, which I'm actually enjoying quite a bit these days. Just, just there's something magical about painting. And then uh, it's like a baby born. You paint and you put it on the wall and it just, it's just alive. So thanks to COVID, unfortunately, I have to say that I, I was able to have some time and, and, and explore that, that medium of painting. And then now just with the NFTs around, it's, it's incredible that we, you know, the art is not going to be forged. Is there's no chance of art being forged. The, the artists are going to, are getting the royalties every time the artwork gets sold. So it's fascinating the space these days. And it's so new, so volatile. So <laughs> today's market with everything going on in the world. It's a crazy time to be alive, literally, with this technology, with what's going on in the world, and not knowing what's going to happen in, in a couple of weeks or months. Uh, it's thrilling, but it's also scary, you know? Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So let's talk about the, the collection that I mean, we've been checking out lately, myself and my friends. We also have a small Telegram group that you're now part of. Um, it got many people excited within the group, uh, Classicality. Um, so tell us more about how that came about and what's your process there to create it. Once I decided to do a, an NFT collection, I, at the beginning, I was thinking of just doing, you know, about 20 or 30 pieces, because that's what usually a traditional web to artist would do, is do a smaller batch. You know, nobody does thousand pieces. It's quite of a workload. But as I study and as I got more into the Web3, I realized you need to have a, a large collection to, to, to build a community around it. So I knew that I'm going to have to do more than just, a, you know, 20 or 30. I started with 20 or 30 and then I just started to realize more and more like, no, this needs to be bigger. This needs to be more pieces. And ha having no experience as a coder and having no idea really how to code, I've seen people get excited about the generative art in the space, which for me at the beginning was kind of odd because you don't see what you are buying. You're basically minting things and they're just random, which now I come to, to like, but at the beginning it was very difficult for me to understand why I'm not able to buy a piece that you like. So when I was doing my collection, Obviously, my main goal always been and has been is to onboard new people into the space, to convert my uh, Instagram followers 
you know, to get NFTs. So that's why I decided to release the collection on OpenSea. You know, it was a lazy mint. You could pick the ones you wanted. So I wanted to make it as easy as possible for the oncomers to buy the pieces. The collection took me about three to four months to finish. You know, I, it was, it was, I got in the studio. I had a time watch and I said, okay, I'm in at 10. I'm out at four. I have to do an excellent number of pieces. So it was just, you know, each piece would take a certain, each piece would take like less than an hour, probably. And if I was working longer than that on one piece, I would just say, okay, I got to start over. And as I was uh, developing the collection, pieces were harder to make because, you know, I already had like 300, I had, I had 400, 500, 600. Every single piece was done manually and I didn't want them to look like the other pieces already made. So everything is original. There's some colors, changes, and some pieces are somewhat color, uh, similar, but majority of it is, has like this original feel to it. As I was developing, I started adding colors. I just started with black and white. Like my paintings are black and white. And then I just said, okay, we just need to add some colors. So it just has a little more depth. And at the very end, actually, my wife works with me a lot on this. She's the marketing guru here. She said, you, you have to do some super unique ones, just about 25 of them or something. So, so you have those grails and stuff. And those are not my favorite in the collection because I like the simple lines. I like the simplicity. I mean, I've taken an example of Moonbirds when they did those crazy gray ones, which also I'm, they're not my favorite, but I feel like each collection benefits from having grails. So I kind of just went off their example and I did some crazy ones with the gradient to, uh, to just have that and, you know, make the body of work cohesive. And I think that worked out well, but I think people responded very well to those. I don't see those being put on sale much. So I think, I think people get excited about that. Uh, so yeah, it's thousand pieces, five different colors. We got gradients. Took me about three, four months to do it. Uh, and it was all geared towards uh, newcomers. Uh, and one more thing to add to that. I decided to do a lithograph giveaway, which is an actual lithograph of my, one of my paintings. And I, that was another incentive for up to uh, folks. To say, okay, well, you know, you buy one of my NFTs and I priced them very uh, reasonably for, at the time it was $200 for NFT and you were getting this free lithograph uh, with it. So that was another way of me trying to, you know, tell them like, hey, come in, you know, I know you like my paintings, you get free painting if you get this NFT. So that I think is worth mentioning, just, just talking in general about the collection and what, you know, and all the mechanics that went into it. Yeah, very interesting. And so one thing that I bears repeating is that these are handcrafted. You mentioned that you took time for each and every one of them. Um, I guess there's a thought process for everyone you create on how it is going to look. And then you have to craft each individual one by hand, although they maybe look generative and in, in style, they are handcrafted, right? Is there handcrafted? I, I just make joke in my Discord that it's a manually made generative art. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in the past, the generative 
aspect of it was much more manual. No, there was generative art before there was computers, I believe. Uh, that's actually a good question. I never looked into it. I always thought that generative art is the one that has to be generated by the computer, hence the name. Like you have to put the code and computer generates the code. So I'm not sure if it was before that, but I, you know, the aesthetics mm -hmm. uh, of generative art always spoke to me. You know, I love Tyler Hobbs. I love Ringers mm -hmm. by Dimitri Chenyak. I just, I like, it, it, it was simple. It was minimal. I, you know, I responded to it and I realized like, hey, these are made with the help of the computer. So, and you don't really get to pick the ones you like. You just mint mm -hmm. and then you hope for the best. So um, that was quite of a shocker for me at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, the generative aspect, when we talk about randomness, and this is something I saw while visiting the galleries in New York, right? I'm not an art connoisseur at all, but I think like even just drawing paint at a canvas is considered random, right? So it's in a way generative and that you don't know what the outcome will be. That's the oh, okay. relation between the okay, artist so, and, and the medium. And the medium, right. Okay, cool. I guess you can look at it that way. Just my approach was always generative means computer means code, mm -hmm. you know, but it, you mm -hmm. can probably look at it the way you just described it. And now that you got me interested in the topic, I'm, I'm going to definitely look it up after our mm -hmm. interview and, and just read up on the history of uh, generative to, uh, to know for sure what's considered generative. Mm. So what's interesting here, was there an element of randomness when you're drawing these? Of course, there was an element of randomness because, again, just getting stuck in my head, just what we talked about, uh, generative art, computer, I felt like the generative pieces have certain rules, you know, because you set rules for the computer to follow. Mm -hmm. And with my pieces, it was just how I felt that day. You know, when I came into the studio and I felt this way, I've done them, you know, a certain way. The line will go a certain way. So there's a randomness to it that just follow my mood. You know, most of my paintings are just, I start with the line or two and I just follow the line. I move them a bit and then I just let it happen, you know? So it was the same with this. I mean, I, I follow certain categories that I had, like some of them are, three-dimensional some of them are two-dimensional some of them are like a bit of a pixel art because i i like that too so there was like five or six different routes that i would follow in each color but other than that it's just just how i felt and then towards the end of the collection i would do most of them from my home like the, my studio stopped working for me just when i was in the studio i wasn't able to pull anything up for some reason towards the end and when i, when I went home I was like, wait, even though they were kids and they were screaming sometimes, <laughs> when I shut myself in a room, they just, just the energy in my house, like I was, I was like, wow, I'm getting better results. Like, so the last month or month and a half, I stopped going to the studio completely and I've done everything from the house, even though the computer wasn't fast enough. And, and just, I was like, this, this, this feels better. You know, I was getting better results. Interesting. Yeah. So what tools did you use for these, um, like, what's your basic tools for creating these artworks? It's, it's all, it was all done in Photoshop. Um, mm -hmm. I, I stay away from Illustrator for reasons. One of the reasons is that when, when you do the Illustrator, everything is perfect. You got mm -hmm. the perfect triangles, you got the perfect circles, you got perfect edges. And I felt like if I do that, they will, they will lose that human touch. They will not have this like random, 
imperfections. I wanted to be sort of what, what was the term that I came up with, like uh, primitive, you know. So mm-hmm. it's it's just everything is, was done in Photoshop, and I just basically cut things and move them around. So they feel symmetrical, but they are not. You know, mm-hmm. you it's almost there. And I've I've talked to one of the collectors when I met him and, and he noticed that he said like yeah they, they have this human touch to it. it it's not doesn't feel like it's just you know uh just this perfect uh shapes or anything you can you really pay attention you start looking at it it's it's like it's slightly off on purpose mm-hmm. I wanted to have the human touch I didn't want it to lose it since it's so geometrical so simple I wanted to you know implement the, the human touch so everything was done in Photoshop uh, just just cut moved around until the point that i liked it and mm-hmm. and did you choose a particular was, resolution for these yes there are you know having experience in photography mm-hmm. you know i know that the higher the resolution the better the outcome is yeah. although they, they, i mean i think people are going to print them but still it, it's you know the the destination is the screen really so you could even do you know a 1500 pixels on each end but I decided to go with like 3,000. I just, you know, I just maxed it out. 3,000 or 300. And, and I knew that the square would work best. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good with compositions. Mm-hmm. So when I see NFTs are not squares, I feel like they're not, you're not utilizing the whole space that you have. If you do it mm-hmm. vertical or horizontal, it's always going to get, you know, pinched a little bit in that square. Mm-hmm. So I knew I have to go off. Uh, and do squares. So that was like the, you know, just, just thought process going into it. Like, hey, they need to be square, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about two different things now. The fact that you seem to be very big on interacting with collectors, unlike some other artists, and uh, the, the utility aspect. So these are two things that maybe you've done a bit differently than others I've seen. So you've gone big on these two aspects right from the start. So what drives those two? I appreciate you mentioning it. It's a, it's a very good question. So, you know, just being an artist, web to artist, usually you just, uh, you would paint and then you sell the painting and that's it, right? Like you, you might see the collector at this, at the, uh, gallery and that's where the whole relationship kind of ends. You might have the person on their mailing list and, and that's about it. When we go on into the web three, and having discord and everything you constantly engage with with the people that own your art and i think that's what's the if you ask me one question like what's the most exciting thing about web3 and nfts i would say the collective ownership because you have a group of people now that own this collection and everybody in this group, well, most of people, because we go, there's some flippers, which we'll get to in a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> most of the people, like, you know, they cherish the collection. They cherish the collection. They, they cherish other collectors. So everybody just wants this whole system, this whole ecosystem to do well. Like everybody is out for looking out for each other. And I had some issues in the, uh, in the Discord. I wouldn't say it's an issue, but I offer no utility. I started with a print. I started by saying, okay, if you buy my NFT, you're going to get a print. So when I listed it for 200 bucks and then you're getting a free 
lithograph mailed to you anywhere in the world, you pretty much like your NFT is pretty much free. You know, I just, just loving the aspect of getting rewarded in Web3 as I did get rewarded with other NFT projects. I felt like if you sell out or if you sell this, you have to give something back to the community. And that's another part of this whole system that really excites me. So I said, I'm, we're going to start with that. We're going to start with giving people a free print that, you know, you can frame, you have it on your wall, you have it for the rest of your life. You sell my NFT, it's, you still have the print. So just by investing that $200, you're getting this limited edition print that it's only exclusive to NFT holders. I'm not doing any lithographs for the, you know, web two world. You have to have NFT to it. So I think that was a pretty good idea at the beginning and it helped a lot with driving traffic to, uh, to my collection and getting people excited. At the first, they didn't understand. They were thinking they're getting an, uh, a lithograph of the NFT they own. And, uh, you know, it's not like that. You're getting an, an, a lithograph of a painting that I did. So I think that was a really good idea. It helped a lot. People are still asking about it. And I think I'm going to open up another week next week for the final uh, owners who are still interested in or haven't claimed so, so they can get it. And now moving back, moving to the community aspect of your question, uh, it's a completely new thing for us, for me and my wife, because there's two of us working in it right now. And well, we're just learning at the moment, you know, because there's, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered all the time. Some people are okay with just having the art and NFTs. Some people are constantly asking me what utilities I'm working on. And it hasn't been even a month that I dropped the collection. So as much as I like this part and, and I enjoy it, I find it a bit difficult at the moment because there's a lot of uh, interactions. I mean, obviously there are going to be interactions, but just having your collector satisfied and you not losing your mind, it's a bit of a balance that I need to figure out how to you know, move forward with it. Because I'm just new to it. I never had to do it. I mean, I, I do like challenges. I enjoy it. It's, it's fascinating. But at the moment, I will, I'm just trying to like find myself in it, you know. Um, and also, you know, I, I do want to innovate. I do want to come up with some interesting ways of rewarding people that not necessarily have to cost a lot. So we've met a lot of people on the Moonbird event, like yourself. And, and then we've taken a lot of input from what they were thinking. And some of them were like, the art is perfect. You know, you already gave me a print. It's, this is amazing. You know, like I'm already winning. And some people were like, you know, where's the utility? So there's a lot of uh, different opinions and we're just trying to take it in over the summer and then figure out, you know, how to best uh, move forward with the community. But it's a new thing. It's definitely a new thing for us. I didn't have to never, uh, you know, interact so much, but I asked for it. I, I, I like mm -hmm. this. So now, now I have to find myself in it. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, there's always the focus on the floor price when, especially I think when it's a new collection, maybe you're new to the artist or to the founders of a project, you're maybe a bit more paranoid about whether it's, it's going to have legs as a project and you focus too much on the floor price as a collector. And that's why I think we're seeing a lot of free mints because they kind of take away this unnecessary pressure from the creator 
to maintain a certain floor price. In your case, what's interesting is that, as you mentioned, you kind of did a free mint in a way because you're giving away the lithograph. So, I mean, it's not free, but they, they're paying for something where you can immediately see what you're getting. You, you've already gotten the value in a way, if you like the lithograph and you value that. So I left that approach as well, and I think it's quite unique as well. So an interesting question that I'm sure people have asked, why give a print of the lithograph versus the the NFT you're buying? Does it devalue the NFT in, in that sense? First of all, I, I wouldn't think we're going to sold out. You know, the collection sold out within two hours, which is incredible. So I, I, I did not expect it. And in my mind was always... Since I'm sort of new to the NFTs, you know, I'm not an established artist. I mean, sort of now when I met all the Moonbirds, they were just like, whoa, Zara this, Zara that. I just, I couldn't believe the reception. But going into the, uh, going into the Mint, you know, I was just, you know, just an ordinary artist from the Web2 world. I had a certain approach that how we're going to launch and what was going to happen. I have no idea. So we got very lucky. That's why I didn't think about doing the lithographs of the NFTs because I didn't, you know, suspect such success. I wanted to do something that my Web2 collectors are familiar with, which are my paintings. Because in my mind was, I need to convert my Web2 collectors to go into the Web3 world. I didn't really focus on the NFT collectors much. In my mind, going into the whole deal, and being a Web2 person myself, that was my goal. Like these guys from my Instagram need to go into the Web2. And, and that's why I picked up the lithograph of my painting because mm -hmm. there, there was something they were familiar with. Like they, they, I picked up the most celebrated painting that I've ever done that you know, people liked the most. I did a lithograph of that. And that's why it's not the lithograph of the NFTs. Uh, I wasn't even thinking of painting NFTs or doing anything like that. I said, you know, I'm going to do it of the, of the, of the painting. And also later on, I could say it's interesting to bring the NFT collectors into the web two world, into the fine art world, because most of them collect, you know, digital goods. And now with this digital good that they just bought from me, like you said, they're getting a fleet radiograph. So it's not free, but but that $200 that you spend, you're always going to have the lithograph. So it's, you just bought art that, you know, you have the NFT and you have the print. So you, like, it's, you're not getting, there's, there's no way I can pull a rug or anything like that. Or, or you always <laughs> yeah. have value for that. You know, you've always mm -hmm. have value for that. You spend 200 bucks, you have the NFT, if you don't decide to hold it, sell it, and you have the lithograph. Uh, so I just want to be safe. I just wanted to reward right at the beginning. And then, you know, I could just relax now and say, okay, well, I gave you the art, this, whatever else happens, happens. But it's not that easy. I can't just like play back and say, okay, we're done. It's a tricky road to navigate now, you know, with the, what to reward with or not to reward with, how to move forward. I mean, obviously the floor price of the project is to some aspect is important for the new people to come in. They want to see a higher floor price. Some of it, it also is important to me to see the heart of the floor price. My wife doesn't, you know, care that much about it. Some of the collectors do, some of the collectors don't. So it's another 
one of those difficult uh, areas right now that I have to mm-hmm. sort of figure out, figure out what to do and how to go forward. But just what I was thinking this morning, it's sometimes you can't control how the market will react to, to your collection. You just have to let it be. Yeah. I, I love the fact that you kind of went both ways, though, bringing the web to our traditional art collectors into NFTs by offering them the possibility and probably even helping them to purchase. I'm sure you had some people who had not didn't have any idea how to purchase an NFT, and this was the first one. And then on the other hand, people like me who have collected digital art but have very little knowledge and have never collected traditional art, giving them a piece of traditional art and introducing them to that world. I think from that aspect, again, it's a very unique project and I think you've done the process very well. I do want to, maybe you can explain the concept of a lithograph. Again, I'm an idiot when it comes to art, so I'm still learning. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> I mean, I don't know anything. So one of the reasons why I wanted to come to New York was just to hang out in the galleries and and learn, you know. And even previous to that, I spent a week in London visiting Uh the galleries there because I do want to get into it. I think it's I, I do have a much better understanding of why do people create art and what the impact is on society. And interestingly, all this happened through me collecting NFTs. Mm-hmm. of uh, like PFPs. That was my introduction to art, you know, so that's that's interesting. So what's a lithograph? And uh, maybe you can talk about your traditional art as well. Um, sure. Well, lithograph is, is made on a special press. We're using a, it's also like a rock, rock, what's the paper? He's using like a thicker paper. So each lithograph is hand torn. He, he has a, paper that he, he is a, like this old school uh, press, he, you know, he, he uh, lays the ink on it and then he turns the paper in half. So the edges around the lithograph have this like cool, ragged uh, vibe. And then he has them, um, the, the, I think he has to like dry for two or three days before you can even touch it. So it's, it's like a very specific process. It's, it's not just printing a poster or anything like that. everything is handmade and it takes few days to dry and then I will, I will be signing all of them by hand so you, you know you're getting that it's a pretty unique piece and I said it before all my web to collectors are not getting it I'm not doing lithographs at all it's just exclusively to NFT holders interesting so, so again you, you, you have I've seen some of your art So those are not all lithographs. It's all acrylic paintings. I don't do any lithographs at all. I don't want to dilute my my acrylic painting, you know, uh, ecosystem. However you want to say it, I just do the paintings and I sell them individually. And once you you can just like what I've done with NFTs. You can. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What I've done with the lithographs, you can do it when you do a, a gallery show, you know, and then you have it you know, 215 paintings on the walls, and then you can do a lithograph run for that particular show. So people who cannot afford actual painting, they can get the lithograph or a poster or however you decide to do it. And I just decided not to do lithographs, period. Like I 
just want to sell the acrylic paintings. But going into NFTs, I felt like, okay, well, this is a perfect place where I can bridge it, you know? So that's why um, I just decided for the NFT market to, uh, to, get, to, give, to give those out. Mm -hmm. And the art, the particular art piece that you made the lithograph uh, for is, is one that you had already existing or did you do it for this particular drop? No, I had one existing. I went through all my paintings and I picked the one that was the most celebrated, the one that people liked the most out of all my paintings. And I decided to do a lithograph out of that one. It's actually a horizontal painting, but for the lithograph, uh, the size it's, it, it is, I think it's like 14 by 16 inches it was better to do it uh, a vertical. So I'm signing them vertical, but the original painting is horizontal. But a lot of my paintings being geometrical, they almost work every way you can, every way you turn it around. So that's a little hidden secret to my acrylic paintings is that you can hang them one way and if you get tired after a couple of months, you can flip it around and you have a, a brand new painting. So it's just a... It's just uh, like a hidden, hidden, hidden feature in the paintings. Very interesting. So, so the collectors will be getting uh, a print of the lithograph, right? They will be getting a lithograph. A lithograph. But we said that that takes a lot, a lot of time to create, right? Yeah, yeah. They they're handmade, uh, so that takes. Depending on the final number we have, but it would probably take. If I need to do about 250, let's say I need to do 250, it probably take him a month to do each individual and then dry it. So I think he, he will, he will be doing this in August and then everything will be shipped out in September. So if I understand correctly, would each one be unique because it's a manual process? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Very interesting. Okay. Even better. Um, I didn't understand the process. Uh, no, before. no, I'm glad you. I'm glad you asked this question. Yeah, I'm. I'm happy to answer that. I wanted to make something, uh, like something unique and and, and uh, special. I could have just went and used a photo printer, right, and print, mm -hmm. you know, a poster and send it to people. Hey, you get this poster. Like, no, you're getting this uh, this unique piece. And once you get it in your hand, you'll be like, oh wow, this is cool. It's like hand signed and it's got this nice rugged edge and it's it's a uh, so just to recap for people who are interested or who have even requested the lithograph already, there's an art piece that you created on acrylic, which you will then hand over to someone else to create the, the lithograph. Is that right? That's correct. I send him the file. Uh, I had to make a digital file of okay. the painting. And then he puts that into his press and then uh, we already worked on it. He already did some samples, obviously, because I have them and I, mm -hmm. I gave out some, but uh, we can talk about it later. I, there's two things I wanted to say also about giving out. So he has the file. He, uh, he already worked on it. He had to rework the file to make it work with his press. We did some tests. We, you know, we, we run a few tests to see how much uh, negative space do I want around the painting? Uh, you know, it was going to be an inch or half an inch, or should we do, because you can do a couple of plates. We're thinking of doing another white color under it, but that didn't work out. We just decided like it's best just to do one black on white and then uh, 
Definitely frame it the way I have it framed. So there's extra room around it uh, to expose the edges. Don't don't mm-hmm. you know? Don't hide the edges when you frame it because it's it's a, it's part of it. And uh, with this other person, this process of making the lithograph is it? I guess another artistic part of the project, or is it kind of commercial? You can take it to any person who makes lithographs, and it's uh, it's gonna be the same more or less. You could take it on to the pretty much a lot of print shops around here, but he just randomly reached out to me a couple months ago on Instagram and said, Hey, I like your paintings. I'm doing lithographs. And I think your paintings would really, you know, fit nicely just because they're so simple and there's like one or two colors. And I, and it was really good timing. You know, it was one of those things when I'm like, Yeah, wait, I'm actually looking for, (laughs) I was like looking for somebody to do this now. And I look, you know, I, I, checked his workout. He sent me some of these samples. We talked, he gave me a really good price on doing it. And he's just a cool dude Mm -hmm. uh, that reached out and decided to like start a a conversation with me. And now, you know, now he's just getting ready. He's, uh, he's asking me, uh, you know, how many he's going to do. And and he's, he's just, he's not into NFTs at all. He's like, Oh my God, I feel like I'm in medieval, medieval (laughs) times with my, you know, printing press. Versus what you're doing, but he's been following. He's been asking questions about the whole situation. Uh, so it's funny to see the public reaction to certain, you know, to the whole NFT world because it's they just they are so afraid of it. Mm. And uh, is there any special considerations when when sending out when shipping a lithograph versus a print? Is it more delicate or how does that work? It is more delicate. Yeah, it is more delicate. It's uh. You'll see it. You'll see when you get in your hand, you'll be like, okay, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> you'll see it. Yeah, you just have to handle it nicely. Yeah, it's it's going to be in a like special paper, uh, wrapped in a special paper. And then uh, I'm definitely, I wasn't going to do any shipping, uh, tracking, you know, uh, uh-huh. numbers, but I'm going to now because just, just to make sure. And also, I'm, we're so surprised. There's people from 25 different countries that sign up and... Some of them are like are in Asia, and we have some collectors in Indonesia that are really concerned about the clear value because I know in those countries it's hard to receive something. My brother actually lives there, so every time I send him something, they 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 put on crazy declare prices. So what what I decided to do for those uh, Asian collectors, I'm gonna send a whole bunch to my brother in Bali, mm. and whatever he, we have to pay to declare. We're going to figure it out. And then he has a stack of them and then he's going to ship it from there. So people will receive it in Indonesia. I don't have to, you know, ship from Indonesia. So we're looking into accommodating, you know, the declare issue, but some of it, I don't know. I won't be able to do all of it, but some of it is just, it's, it's out of my hands again. It's like just the local, local country policies when you get them. Very interesting. Um, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you wanted to mention something about giving away. Uh, that we haven't touched upon. Yes, but I completely forgot. Another thing that I did for the Web2 collectors was I gave him a free NFT. Every person that purchased my acrylic painting from when I started to the day that collection was released have to receive a free NFT. I said, you know, I'm already, I'm like, it was like a, air, sort of like an airdrop to Web2 collectors. <laughs> you know, that like okay you supported my paintings now i'm doing these nfts you're getting one free and if you don't have a a wallet if you don't understand what what this is all about i'll hold it for you until you have 
So that was uh, and then another reward thing that I did to the web to people to try to uh, you know encourage them uh, to come into the space, but also just for them to feel the perks of web three rewards. And then one more thing that I done as far as the uh, giving out goes. I had a collection release in a gallery in New York, a Bright Moments Gallery, the home of the crypto citizens. They're, they're kind enough that if you own one of their tokens, they'll open the gallery for you and you can present your art. And so I did that there. And whoever came to the gallery was entered into a raffle to win those lithographs framed. I got mm-hmm. two framed lithographs at the gallery and you know we had a nice showing and then we just raffled those out and actually a moonbird couple nice, won one nice. of those so <laughs> that was so cool <laughs> you know cool um uh, do you want to talk about flippers and flipping the nfts how you feel about that how the community uh, yeah i wanted to flip I'm, I'm, i'm a bit of a flipper myself i, I flip some stuff i mean you know i i don't fought them or i don't you know It's, it's just part of what it is. Uh, current issue that we have with our collection is that I hope it's because of the market, you know, going down after we launched the collection. Some people bought the NFT and now they're listing it for, you know, three times less or half what they paid. So I, I don't understand it. I don't know really what people are thinking, but some of them are maybe mm-hmm. desperate to get out and get some money out but having this awesome community in discord people come out and say you know what don't worry about it that once we get without those people then we're going to be fine like we'll be just the collectors so it's part of having nfts is the flipping i mean i'm sure we all done it we all bought things and then buy you know purchase it i mean but purchase things and then sell it with the profit mm-hmm. it's it's part of the game i mean i can't it's just, it's just It's a secondary market. I mean, the same happens with the actual artwork. You people buy art and then they sell them, you know, and uh, they make profit or or they lose money. So I just feel bad sometimes for the collectors because I have some sort of responsibility, you know, to to them to at least when they purchase something, for the price to be at least at what they paid for it. Plus, they get the uh, the lithograph. I mean, I'll be, I'll be sleeping well then, you know, but now with the prices below, I'm just a little like, I'm a little uneasy about it, but there's certain things that there's, there's nothing I can do. It's just the market. It's, it's this, people are doing these things. Uh, I feel like I've offered more than other artists do. When you do their event, you just get their NFT and that's it. You know, you don't get anything else. So, uh, but I, I won't, you know, I won't rest until things are kind of fixed and, and, and back to where they were at the very beginning. Then then I'll be more uh, satisfied because, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm behind this project. Like I'm, I'm the, I'm the person who brought it, brought it up. So I need to take care of it. I need to water it. It needs to grow or not grow. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, you have to make the decisions that the consequences are, will be the results out of it. So just making a good decisions right now are important, but it's a new market. We are new to this with my wife. So, I feel like if I just pull back a little bit and just, you know, take all the information I can from all the collectors and then uh, just maybe give it a bit of time and give it a little more thought, then I'll come up with a good decision. Uh, what's the best thing, you know, to, 
to do, but it's funny to just, just even like, okay, it's art, like display it on your computer or display it on your wall, display it on your phone. Like it's already a lot. Like some of the pieces are really cool. I feel that I would just want to display like, you know, it's, or it's got enough value already. And I gave the print, but it's just being web three world and everybody not having much patience that it's a uh, constant, uh, growth of like super fast speed. yeah i mean mm-hmm. so i'm just navigating i'm just navigating john like i'm just navigating through all this uh and i feel like majority of our collectors are understand the point and some of them don't so uh yeah i uh, that's uh, where we are at the moment i mean i've been a creator myself and not of nfts but of other stuff and as a collector i also Partly I don't care about the floor price. I understand like we don't care about the floor price, but it always matters because at least like the price that you launch a project with, you want to at least maintain it in some way. You know, that's kind of, it's always eats, eats you from the inside to see, to see that going down. I think whether you actively seek to maintain it or not, there's always some part of you that wants it both as a collector and as a creator. On the other hand, as a collector, I feel that the projects I've hurt most, I mean, I will hurt as a collector because I made a bad purchase on some silly price even, that the price doesn't really matter. I just don't like making bad decisions as an investor. But the ones where I approach that state of not caring at all are where I'm part of a community, like, for example, I didn't go in at Mint. I went in much later and I really don't care about the price that I paid because of the community and what I've gotten out of it. And in your case, you've already done the, the, the lithograph, the, the art itself is, is worth, I believe, what we paid as a, as a Mint price or secondary market price. But the community is where I think things will shine, right? People will cease to care at all about the price when you have the community. And that's something I'm very much looking forward to myself, knowing you and how much you value interactions with people, both in real life and and on Discord or whatever the shape of the community will be. That's something I'm very happy with. And partly that's why I did buy this particular, the, the pieces that I bought. So that's my two cents on that. Oh, I appreciate them, man. That's, that's so nice to hear. Uh, I do value the community lab interactions and everything. Uh, we had uh, some questions from, as I mentioned, I, and I haven't announced this publicly, but in the spirit of Web3, I'm kind of onboarding people that have been meaningful to me throughout my life, whether recent or over the long term, I want to create this community myself. And I've chosen Telegram as the medium right now. And uh, so again, I did share your project in there and it was very well received. And we had also some questions that I'd like to address from people in the, in the Telegram group. So we'll go through those. Sure. Uh, thank you so much for actually, uh, um, letting me mm-hmm. join the group it's a fun place it's a fun place man. 
I enjoy it a lot. It's a lot of good conversation going there. So I really appreciate uh, you sharing it. And yeah, it's, it was well-received again. The same way when we launched, it was well-received. So that's what's keeping me uh, like sane, saying like people actually enjoy the art because they bought into it. So they, they do enjoy the, the art. Now I have to figure out the other part, like you said. So it's, not, it's actually eating me from inside. It's exactly what you said. You know, it's, it's not that big of a deal, but it, it's, it's always there as a creator. So it's something that, I'm, that we're working on, basically. Uh, but yeah, it was well-received, actually. 100% awesome. right. So let's go through the, these questions. So what steps are, are you taking to get your account on OpenSea verified? As this would increase the credibility of your portfolio. I know this takes very long for even big projects sometimes. I don't know if you've done anything to that respect. Yes, we have. I have uh, reached out to OpenSea right away when we launched because we did uh, about 170 ETH in volume the first, what, two hours, three hours. Uh, and it was, and I was immediately uh, declined. I said, okay, fine. Uh, it probably has to uh, take a bit more time. Uh, and I just reached out, what was it, two days ago? Yeah, we reached out two days ago again and then just got immediately declined. Uh, so, it is a it is a, it is a bit of a tricky it's not really an issue but a tricky situation to get verified they say like you need to be an established artist or a you know like a public figure almost and then you know i look at some of the collections and it's they have less volume than we have but they already uh verified i feel like once you get 300 eth in volume for some reason i feel like that might help to do i also happen to know somebody that uh that works at OpenSea. Uh so if I ever, you know, if I run into him, I can just talk with him and say, what's really, you know, what's what's the real deal uh with getting verified. But at this point, it's just, you know, kind of, you know, probably just resubmitting your application mm -hmm. to the OpenSea. But what, what another thing that we are also working for uh at as far as verification go is this nftgo.io it's a really cool analytics website that i collaborated in the past with so we're working on getting our collection listed at their at their website as well and that will like allow well tracking and like live data of purchases and uh sales which one was it again so we're working on them it's called nftgo.io but they also have certain restrictions in order to get it listed. They just don't want to list anything that's, uh, that could be rocked or, or, you know, that the founders are not doxxed. I'm, I'm, I'm fully doxxed. So it's, 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 it's work in progress. We, we're in touch with them and then we're trying to meet their criteria to get it listed because it's because that will help, you know, to track the statistics of, of the whole collection. Mm -hmm. Um, second question would be what upcoming art we could expect in the near future <laughs> when <laughs> when moon <laughs> now now no, next week we're gonna have some uh, right now where I'm finishing up the, the little graph giveaway it was initially to the first 500 buyers which didn't which not even half of them signed up after buying it because they realized they have to give me a mailing address. So we rewarded holders in the Discord that were not in the first 500, but wanted to get the little graph. 
And I think we're going to open one more window, final one next week, or to all the current holders that still haven't signed up or the people that will buy within that time frame, uh, so we can finish that initial Genesis giveaway. Once we get that wrapped up and then everything goes in production, my wife has some really good ideas on what to do next and you know what we're going to be rolling out, but I can't share that at the moment. It's, it's too early. We are working on things, but I need to figure out what's the best, the community for us and for the collection. Obviously, it's only been like three weeks, so we're coming up on the month. We need to think long term so we can drop everything within the first two or four weeks. So we do have some really cool ideas that we're working on and then we'll reveal it. I'm not thinking of dropping another collection anytime soon. This is a, just a new do. We just didn't drop. So we need to work on this community that we have before we dilute it and, and you know, and drop new things. Right now, we're going to just focus on like the physical things, on physical art. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so the third question is, and I have some thought on this, do you plan to collaborate with any other group? could be interpreted in, in various ways. What I would love to see, if that is even possible, uh, I love what you did by, as I said earlier, matching the Web2 people to Web3, bridging, sorry, and uh, Web3 to Web2, or traditional art. And I personally would love to have you kind of guide people like me into the traditional art world. So perhaps you could even collaborate with other artists to help them bridge the gap as you have done. That's my idea. But I don't know if you have any other things in, in mind. Well, mm, sorry, man. Could you repeat the question? Yeah. I, <laughs> so the question, <laughs> I, I kind it. of twisted it myself. But the question was originally, do you plan to collaborate with any other group or project? I mean? Collaborations. Yes, we would like to collaborate. Because there will be a, I think that's just a fun idea to just bring other people into the project and see what you guys can come up with. So we're not actively seeking out any uh, collaborations, but if people reach out to us and have some ideas of uh, what could be done, we're definitely open to it. Uh, we we thinking of, again, I can't speak of it. Martina has a really good idea of, of some collaboration uh possibilities until it's it's it, until it's ironed out and we know exactly what we're gonna do i can't say anything of it but it's definitely would be fun to do something like that and then going back to what you were asking me i actually enjoy educating people a little bit since i have a lot of in, uh experience working as a artist and supporting myself as an artist for, for over a decade so i've already helped few artists that came up to me and said, Hey, like, I like what you did with the collection. You know, what well, we, you know, what should I do? And then how do I, how can I get into the web three? So educating is part of the, it's part of the, it's part of my uh, interest as well with either being, either being it uh, a web two education when you just trying to figure out how to sustain yourself as an artist or the trans, you know, or entering into the Web3 uh, world. So I don't mind helping people out. I feel like us, the, the earlier entrants into the Web3, have this responsibility 
to teach, you know, the web to people and the new normies of, you know, how to navigate this sort of dangerous uh, system when you first entering. It's, it's, it's very intimidating. I, I, my brothers have to help me out how to use Ledger, how to, you know, watch out for the scams because it's even when people are experienced like me and yourself, you can still get you know, it's so easy to just click one, the right, you know, click the wrong link, either being a discord or some email or something. So I feel like I've always felt like we have the responsibility and, and we're doing that with Martina. We're starting with our families, you know, the, the part of our families that are not into it. We explain it to them. Okay. This is what you need to buy. This is how you start. And they slowly uh, are going in. So collaboration is definitely interested. And then uh, just educating uh it's i enjoy i enjoy educating uh, you know just sharing the knowledge that i've had you know some people can take it and do something with it some people might not might not finding uh interesting or they can relate to it but i can just share what i've experienced over the 15 years and and you can go and run and do what you want with it one of the things that martina felt was would be cool to do is just do a little more inside of my studio do a little bit more inside of my life and then kind of sh show how I paint and, and, you know, where's this process coming from? She felt like that might be beneficial to collectors to just, you know, get to know a little more of the inside of, you know, how I get, how I create art. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's very interesting. One thing that maybe also the NFT space has shown me is that you can be an artist in many different forms, right? So, like, like you mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. I kind of exited the whole notion of art when I was very young, just because I couldn't draw. And that was it for me. I kind of dabbled with photography and I felt that I was, I was creating some art. But then again, like I always had deep inside me, I'm not a real artist because art is those who paint the, Mona Lisa style and what you see in the major art galleries, right? <laughs> so it had to be like another European teacher or something that told you yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And we, and we believe them. Yeah. We believe them. That's the difference in America. Like you just, sometimes you're like, no, no, I'm going to do it regardless. Like the, the, just, there's something in America that people just believe in themselves more. They don't have, they don't need this affirmation from the teacher or maybe where this curriculum is in here. Like they have a little more believe in themselves and and they don't really seems like you had the same uh, experience as me my teacher told me and i said okay no i can't do it like <laughs> it's just it's just this one episode in your life earlier and it looked like it just sidetracked mm -hmm. the whole thing it took me 20 years to figure out like hey no actually you don't need to be able to paint mona lisa's in order to be an artist like it's it's there's a whole business aspect of it too that I've learned mostly by being in New York, you know, like how important is the, the business aspect, the, the paintings are there, but the brand and the name, you know, and then the marketing is sometimes even more important. So those things you don't learn in school, you only learn it, you know, through mm -hmm. experience. So, yeah. So what I was uh, saying is that, uh, it's, it's been rekindling that passion for creating in me. Um, so that's something very interesting. And I, came to learn that very recently again, that art is not about painting something that just looks beautiful, but also creating maybe a state of mind and in people or sending a very powerful message. 
So, for example, even in, in the case of your art, the minimal aspect of it, kind of when you look at it, to me as a, as a person, again, like non-experienced at all, but just looking at it, it makes me feel a sense of peace of like going back to basics, clearing out my desk, stuff like that. It evokes these kinds of emotions, which that's a message, right? Even beyond understanding the painting or its value as a painting itself. That is very powerful. And I do want to create something like that for myself. I did share, for example, <laughs> I sat down with my kid to try to recreate one of your classicality NFTs. <laughs> and even that process, you know, like just sitting down with my son, having that one hour of quality time. It was a meditative process in, in, a, in a sense, no? Because like I, I, I never create art as in painting. But just sitting down, choosing the, the pencils, the paper, trying to see what you did and then how we can modify it, making some mistakes, what to do with that. It was whole process that I really enjoyed. And uh, so that's thanks to NFTs, thanks to people like you. And I'd love to expand on that and onboard more people to have the same experience. Wow, I appreciate it, man. That's that's just incredible that you stole so much uh, in it, and it's it's hundred percent true. My art relates to how I, to my approach to life, and I mentioned at the very beginning, I've always look. Somebody told me, well, I don't know what it was, but it was it's just as he said, okay, if you have anxiety, and you have like problems with your life, like just start with the very thing that's in front of your eyes like that's what you just said like clean up your desk <laughs> clean up your like just do your bed every day clean up your closet like just simplify everything around you and then do it consecutively and it will compound like after a while you start seeing the difference a lot of people in america are not paying attention to what they eat and like this is the first thing you should think about what are you putting in your body how is that affecting your mind it's not just whatever, I'll just eat and then, you know, I'll be happy. Like, start with that. Like, just go the very, what's the very basic? Like, you need good sleep. If you don't have kids, obviously, you get good sleep. <laughs> with the kids, it's, it's, it's a little complicated. But then you can start with food, mm -hmm. you know? Like, pick the right food. Clean and think around you. Like, just, that's, that's what's fascinating to me. Just, like, the, 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 how basic and how real can you get, you know? That's, and I've always tried to show that in my work which is you taking just black and white and how can you make black and white interact mm -hmm. with each other? That how can you, and it's just like how day and night changes or how it's love and hate. Just these very basic things, you know, some things you can't even get more basic than that. And how do they interact and what's the, uh, the energy between them? How can you observe it? Like, that's what's fascinating me. I, I, I just like getting to the yeah. basic, like, getting real and to the basic and to the simplest possible uh, interpretation. Yeah, totally agree. And like, even for me, I do understand the power of simplicity, meditation and all this stuff. I do, for example, twice a year, at least go for a retreat in the mountains here nearby to Barcelona, it's a place called Montserrat. It's a monastery and spend five days there. And it's amazing how, how good I feel there. But what I felt is that during the rest of the year, when I'm back down in the city working and everything, I totally forget and go back to the total opposite. 
And what I'm discovering is that pieces of art can provide a window to that special place for me and a connection, like a reminder as well. And so that's the approach I'm taking as well with art and what I want to display in my office, for example. That's why one of the reasons why I'm so excited for the lithograph to, to be to hang it in my presence all day and other types of art that evoke the same feelings. Well, that's great, man. That is, that's, that's, I couldn't ask for a better reception or, you know, or, or hope for a better reception of the, of the art that I create. Like to have it on the wall and just kind of remind you to, to just like slow down or be in the moment and then just be here. Everything else doesn't matter. Like you're here right now, like you're touching the floor. Like it's like what the meditation is about, you know, and just being present is like sometimes you just, have to remind yourself you're touching the floor. <laughs> you know, okay. like I'm sitting, like, you know, there's those basic things and that like compounds over a while. So you will get that from my painting. I have six or seven in my house and it's, I, it's just when you live with it, it's, it's like just you constantly getting, it's like it's a living thing on your wall. It's not just a painting. It's like a living thing and it just affects your mood every day. So you're going to get exactly what you're looking for with that. Because it's just black and white. It's just simple. It's, it's just, it's harder to get any more purer than that. You know, like just black and white interacting each other with each other. Totally agreed. And I'm looking forward to that. Um, I think we can finish off here. I would like to touch back on the, one of the first, first things you said about being a futurist and how you see NFTs changing the world. And I don't know if it's in a big way or a small way, but what do you see going forward beyond the hype and all the money-making schemes that we see today? Well, I think it's what's beautiful about NFTs is that they will and they, they enable creators to have uh, direct access with their collectors. There, there, there is no middleman. You know, you can directly connect with your with your fans. Basically, it will be, be big for the musician. It's big for the artists. They can just create their little niches. You know, I don't need more than like, let's say 2000 dedicated collectors. When before you have to have, you know, a thousand of followers on Instagram for, for a minute, for, for, for example, to, to like monetize your, uh, your creations or your uh, content. Now you just need a niche. You don't need a whole bunch. You need a niche. So, so that helps a lot. And then, you cannot be forged. So that's beautiful. And you get the royalties for the rest of your life. It's, it's just incredible. I was listening to Gary Wee today and then you're saying, imagine if, if Nirvana did their album as like mm -hmm. NFT. Can you imagine those fans that were first there to this day, they'll be making, they'll making royalties from there. Like how incredible it's just, it's just the thought like, you know, how this is not going to succeed. Obviously, it's going to succeed. The, the, the change from regular state of mind to, to just this and owning things digitally will take a while. But it was the same way when people used to, you know, drive their own horse and carriage. And then the cars came and there was obviously no road. So they were just, this didn't work out. But once they built the roads, they build the trains and they build the planes. And now like, it's just, it's, you can't stop this. It's just, it makes so much sense. 
uh, that it's inevitable that the whole population is going to be largely involved in it. The process getting there obviously is volatile because it's new and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot that stakes for those old institutions like banks and record labels, for example, or or even some of the galleries to lose that they're not going to give up so easily because now people can just directly interact with each other. And the same goes for cryptocurrency. It's a peer-to-peer situation. So we can send money to each other. We don't need the bank, you know. It's fascinating to watch, but it's it's a brutal process. It's it's a brutal process. Well, thanks for the wide-ranging conversation. It's been a pleasure. And I look forward to collecting more art from yourself and to receiving the lithograph. Uh, It's been a pleasure again meeting you in New York and I look forward to meeting you again soon. Thank you so much, Jen. I was actually, uh, I I want to say delicious (laughs) conversation. That doesn't make sense. I did did want to touch on on the bread making aspect, (laughs) but we didn't have time. (laughs) Uh, It's okay, man, but that was such a pleasant, uh, just pleasant morning conversation. Uh, You know, I appreciate you giving out your time and listening to what I had to say. Absolute pleasure meeting you in New York and thank you so much for dropping me on your group. And I will see you in Discord, I'll see you on Telegram and I will definitely see you either here in New York or or out there in Barcelona. So appreciate it for your time, man. Thank you.